Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 14.50 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Friday, January 19th. It is the third Friday of the month. And as soon as my computer decides to respond, uh, now we can do this. Time now for Clerk's Corner with Allegan County Clerk, Register of Deeds, and noted hockey maven, Bob Janetsky. On the other side of our table this morning, Bob, good morning and Happy New Year, sir. Good morning, Gary. It's great to be back on Talk of the Town. Happy New Year to you. Not bad for the third place Red Wings after that win against uh, the Maple Laughs on Sunday night. Uh, and I believe some of the Red Wings were saying we were getting word of what happened back in Detroit and they're feeding off of the Lions. Good for them. You know, right now the record looks to be about uh, 23, 16 and 5 and uh Third place there in the Atlantic Division. If play, I guess the big story, Gary. If playoffs were held today, the Red Wings would be in the playoffs. They're talking good about the Red Wings, and I'm chuckling with all of the cluck clucks going on in Toronto about what's wrong with the Leafs. We like it when we see what's wrong with the Leafs. <laughs> you know, I, I, the the Maple Laughs have have struggled for a long time. I, they now have the the longest streak without a cup, correct? Yeah, sixty seven. Yeah. Well, outside of the you know the Cardinals, but Cardinals have moved a couple of times in football. Yeah. So I, I you know that that just girds on the Toronto fans, and it makes it that much more fun for Red Wings fans to look <laughs> and laugh at them. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, they do have a, a a good challenge coming up on Sunday. They move back the game against uh, Stevie Wise old uh, type of Bay Lightning on Sunday night, so that they don't conflict with the Lions game. Smart move, very <laughs> smart move. <laughs> Tough to you don't want to compete with that for the audience there. Uh, the other thing too about the Red Wings, and then we'll move on to uh, uh, his day job, of course, being the Allegan County Clerk and Register of Deeds. Bob, uh, uh, the thing about the Red Wings right now that has to be pleasing is the fact that, uh, especially with their win uh, uh, a couple of nights ago, uh, they won without having to score four goals. <laughs> yeah, you know, you, you want your defense to come through, and we've talked about goaltending on this show, Gary. It's, you know, um, do the Red Wings have a, an all-star top-flight goalie that it can get you through a couple of rounds of playoffs or or whatever, we don't know, but they put together a three-game win streak at this point heading into the game tonight against Carolina, and uh, boy, if they can win those games where you don't have to score four or five, it just makes it a lot easier on on your goaltending and your defense if, if they do their jobs and you're back-checking and doing your jobs. Could the Red Wings already have their goaltender that could win them things in Alex Lyon? Uh, you know, I, I, he really has played consistently well. He's played consistently well, but but they they really need to again. They got a three game win streak going in. We need to see we need to see him in the long haul, right? We've seen anybody put together a, a patchy little streak that says that they can that they can play in this league, but uh, playing in this league in the playoffs is a lot different than just playing in this league. The other thing too for our friends <laughs> that support the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, yeah, it's tough for Connor Bedard to have a busted jaw, but he was skating a couple of days afterwards. I think the Blackhawks have 
Uh, they have a franchise player that can play through grit and, and all that. That's what you really need, a, a star player that can show that they have, you know, when adversity comes in, you know, Sid the kid, same same type of player. Yeah. Well, I, I give Bedard a lot of credit because I'm about his size, and I've, I've been watching that hit a bunch of times trying to see if the league should have done something, and everybody in my Whalers locker room said, no, no, that's a legal hit, that's fine. Uh, and he skated through the two guys, came upon the third without seeing him, and and ended up out of the game. And you're right, he was skating just a couple of days later, so he's got a better attitude than I do about it. Um, uh, yeah, you're right, the Blackhawks have not just a franchise player, but a guy who is all over social media, getting all sorts of attention, scoring beautiful goals. Um, the, the, I've got friends, though, that say that, that they might even sit him out a little longer looking for that extra uh, lottery pick, trying to, <laughs> trying to put two together like the Oilers did. Yeah, we'll see. You know, with Connor McDavid and, and uh, Dreisaitl, uh, they're, they're two top players there. 616-395-1450. Let us talk about elections. Let us talk about some other things involved with the Allegan County Clerk and Register of Deeds office. And, of course, that is Bob Chinetsky's office. Um, first of all, uh, by the way, uh, can I safely assume that you are running for re-election? Uh, I, you know, I haven't made any, any moves, any decisions yet, but I, I, you I know, know your term ends this year. It does. Yeah. Term, I, I would be, uh, if I didn't run again, I'd be done at, uh, December 31 of this year. Okay. So I do have to pose that question to people now. That's that a fair we question. Are... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I will say the job has changed greatly and markedly since I first ran for it in 2016. Uh, the demands of elections alone are, are, um, quite burdensome and, and have put, uh, a great challenge on the office and uh, let's face it Allegan County doesn't always have the resources that that we'd like to uh, uh, to meet those challenges local clerks are uh, making some decisions uh, you know Kathy here in Holland uh, is stepping down uh, uh, the new person who was uh, taken care of on Wednesday uh, Lake Town gave its clerk basically made the clerk the highest paid employee in the, in the, in the building over there because of the election concerns. Well, this is the, that, that pay increase there in, in Lake Town's going all around the, the clerk world. Understand that I'm, I'm losing in Allegan County uh, of the ones that I know, uh, which is why I was hesitant to answer your, que- your question that you fired right off the bow there. I'm losing five really good longtime clerks in Allegan County to retirement. They're looking at where things are going election wise and, and they recognize a, uh, things are changed markedly. A lot of clerks in Allegan County are part-time, and with these reform, or I don't consider them reforms, with these changes to election law, uh, you're asking these people to work more Saturdays, more Sundays. Um, a lot of them have part-time other jobs. Some of them are, are farmers and, and run orchards, and, and you want them in the office for a you know, into one of those old township halls running elections full-time. I think that's a big challenge for a lot of people. So when we read that the clerks are getting paid more money, understand that I'm losing five really good ones to retirement. That's a lot of institutional knowledge out the door. Um, and there aren't that many people that want these jobs anymore, given the hassles and the changes that these uh, election changes have brought about. So you're seeing more and more uh, township boards and city council having city councils having to pay their clerks more to keep them around uh, because it's going to be really tough to replace those those jobs. You know, it's interesting that uh, with the extra responsibilities that clerks now have based on some of the uh, ballot proposals that have now passed mm-hmm. involving uh, efforts to uh, uh, change 
proponents say reform, others say conform or whatever. Uh, it'd be nice if there was some help coming from Lansing. And while it might not come from the Secretary of State's office, it could come from two sources in the legislature, former Martin Clark, Rochelle Smith, who's in the House, and former Michigan Secretary of State Ruth Johnson in the Senate. I, and I appreciate um, both of their service. You love having former clerks in the legislature because they understand uh, what we're going through. And when a bill comes up, they can speak to the merits or the uh, challenges and, and uh, expenses involved. And relative to that, I, I was leaving church on Sunday, Gary, and I had a gentleman come up to me who's been an election inspector in Allegan County. And he said, hey, I'm looking at this early voting. Who's going to pay for all this? And I looked at him and I pointed right back at him and I, I said, you know, uh, the expenses are going to be covered by township voters uh, or township taxpayers, county taxpayers and state taxpayers. Um, and, and so when you look at things and some of this, uh, the expenses go back to uh, proposal three of, of 2018, when the voters led by the radical leftist League of Women Voters uh, group put into the Constitution, the hours that the clerks would have to be in their offices uh, on the weekend prior to the election, uh, that, that became an unfunded mandate, right? Uh, you're forcing people to work certain hours uh, to be there to register people to vote or to receive AV ballots. And at that time, I thought the clerks were very kind about it. They didn't raise a, a hue and an awe and, and ask for more money or anything like that. They just... They just took it, but uh, you look at Proposal 2 of 2022 and the demands that this is putting on them, uh, and uh, we're, we're going to lose an awful lot of good clerks, or we're going to be paying a lot more. And I wish when they put those, and I've talked to, and you, you brought their names up, I talked to Rochelle Smith and um, State Senator Johnson about this, and they both agree, uh, when we put a proposal on the ballot, there needs to be a fiscal analysis that comes with that, that tells voters... Oh, and by the way, if this passes, it's going to cost, you know, $30 million, $10 million, whatever. Um, because a lot of people see the shiny thing like early in-person voting, but they certainly don't think about the expense that it takes into putting that together. You know, and the, the other thing I, I want to point out, and, and this is something I mentioned from time to time, a lot of these initiatives, they're, they're well-meaning initiatives. They <laughs> The effort to try to get more people to be a part of the process. We want to see, uh, uh, as you know, if you've registered to vote, exercise your right to vote. Yeah. Uh, uh, make it, make the effort for it. But in the in the way of trying to do this, you know, you, you've got to stop and think for a minute. Where you know where where can we make it so that we want to encourage people to vote? but not make them enabled. Thank you so much for bringing that up, Gary, because when you look at Proposal 2 of 2022, you and I are now subsidizing that stamp for people to vote AV for their AV ballot application and for their uh, for their ballot. You know what? When it gets to that, I vote in person. Are they going to subsidize my gas? No. They're subsidizing the type of voting that certain people like, AV voting, and, and we know that's usually progressives that, that appreciate that the most. And and so um, I, I really, we have changed election laws in Michigan, in my estimation, 
to meet the lowest common denominator. And I don't think that's fair to to um, to to bend over backwards for people who might not be that motivated to vote while the rest of us see it as a civic duty. I used the wrong term of enabled. I was meaning entitled. <laughs> I agree 100 <laughs> percent. And I just laughed. Ones fell out. Um, one last thing you, you mentioned that we can't necessarily look to Lansing uh, for help, I, although we do have uh, State Rep. Rochelle Smith and, and uh, uh, State Senator Ruth Johnson. I don't know if you saw the Detroit News editorial yesterday or not, um, but there was a, a letter sent by a lot of um, local and municipal clerks to the Secretary of State asking for her help because right now clerks are burdened so much because one of the laws that she pushed for said that if clerks have not as of the 17th or the 18th yesterday, excuse me, heard back from voters relative to whether and then whether or not they want a democratic or Republican ballot to vote AV, uh, this letter asked for the, uh, the secretary of state's office to please help with the calling texting and emailing that they are obligated to do if they've not heard back from those voters, which I saw as an incredible burden and couldn't believe the secretary of state supported that. And if you look at that editorial, they, they fire right back at Lansing and ask for help from the secretary of state in meeting that burden. 616-395-1450. Good morning. You're on the line with Bob Janetsky. Yeah, it's just an observation. There's two clerks who are regularly on WHCC. One's uh, uh, Bob Janetsky and one is uh, Jason Robach. And Jason seems to present some really critical uh, information and uh, about outreach and all this kind of stuff for voting, and it's very positive. Yet you keep reverting back to, is somebody going to pay you for driving to the uh, to the voting booth as opposed to somebody else who gets their stamp paid for? So I think it's there's you can raise the conversation. Uh, what was passed uh, by the voters is done. And you have to now figure out how to deal with it. So I just think that you should quit banging the other gong and learn a little bit from the um, clerk to the north. That's just my comments. All right. Thank you very much for the call. Thank you. 616-395-1450. Good morning. You're on the line with Bob Janetsky. Yeah, I wasn't born here. But I lived over here over 30 years. Can I go to the courthouse? And how to get my birth certificate? Yeah, you should. I have to go where I was born at to get All right, let me let me answer the let me have Bob answer the question about getting birth certificates, uh, especially if you are not in you know, like for example, and I'll I, you know, I appreciate the call. My situation: I was born in the city of Detroit. How do I get mine? <laughs> You'll need to get that birth certificate. You can get it either uh, from the county clerk in which you were born, or from the state, the State Department of Vital Records. Um, there will be copies available from either of those entities. Had another, uh, and we get this all the time because, you know, that border on the southern end of Allegan County, sometimes people didn't realize if they went to maybe Allegan General back in the day when, when there was a birthing hospital there or, or down to Mattawan. We get a lot of people come in. We'll do the research and look for it. We find out, oh, I'm sorry, it looks like you were born in Kalamazoo County or whatever. So you need to get that from either the county in which you were born or from the State Department of Vital Records. Um, in addition, we had an interesting call yesterday. Um, if you need to make a change to a birth record, say you get home and you, you were so excited to to welcome your, your son or daughter, and then you realize that uh, there was something wrong on it, maybe that... that, that 
a, a name or, or where you were born if you're the parent, corrections to birth records need to be done through the state, the State Department of Environmental Records. The county uh, from which you uh, receive that birth record cannot generate a, a change on that birth record for you. By the way, one other thing on a personal note, when I had to get a birth certificate uh, when I got married with my lovely wife, Holly, in 05, I didn't go to Wayne County. I knew better. I went to the state. <laughs> I Having institutional knowledge of Wayne County, uh, the wiser choice was to get it from the state. <laughs> you know, and, and I appreciate the I, – I, that's good, good to remind people that they do have a choice, either the state or the county. I'm always heartened by the number of people who come down to 113 Chestnut and prefer to walk in and do business with us at the at the customer service window there to get their birth record. If I was born in this part of the state, I would have no problems either calling you up or stopping by your office or stopping by Justin Roebuck's office uh, and getting it there. Wayne County, uh, I think. I think I made a wiser choice, <laughs> to be honest with you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I'm glad there is competition. I'm glad people have a choice. Bob, before I get to the final question involving the upcoming February 27th presidential preference primary in Michigan, need to touch upon what you announced from your office earlier this month: passport records. And there's a new one for Allegan County. There is, Gary. We, uh, I, I'm going through the numbers, putting together my annual report to the taxpayers as I do uh, each January, and I, I uh, found that we uh, had an all-time record for the number of passport applications processed through the Register of Deeds Office with 565. Um, I'm, first of all, I'm blown away and extremely proud of the deputy registers that have worked so hard with so many people, not just from Allegan County, but who drive up from Kalamazoo and other places uh, to get their passports. As I drove up today, you know, in 16-degree weather, I truly understand people wanting to get that passport. And we had an interesting phone call earlier in the week um, from a lady boarding a cruise ship. She forgot to visit the Register of Deeds office, Uh-oh. Gary. Yep, yep. And she wanted to know if there wasn't anything we could do for her. So a couple of reminders <laughs> Um, if you are going to be leaving the country, uh, for any reason, you're going to want to get a passport, uh, and the Allegan County Register of Deeds is a good place to, to visit to get that. Currently, uh, that's about a six to eight week wait, um, for your passport to be returned. We just had somebody, uh, get it right on the six week, uh, threshold. If you get that expedited, you can, uh, get that in, in two to three weeks for an extra fee, obviously. Um, but just, I'm very proud of our, our deputy registers who are there at uh, uh, 269-673-0390 to, to answer questions relative to uh, passports or anything else you might have registered deed-wise. And don't be like that person who gets on the cruise ship and wants to know if there's anything that we can help make that trip happen if you haven't visited. Reminds me of a story a friend of mine who is, uh, has, <laughs> is, has, has, has done work for NBC Sports. And they asked him to uh, help him out in Dublin for the Notre Dame football game they were broadcasting. Uh, but he didn't have his passport. So guess what NBC did? Pulled a few strings with the senior senator from the state of Michigan, Debbie Stabenow. He got the passport in time. Oh, what was the turnaround time? I'm dying to know. I think about two, two weeks, maybe three. That's funny because they have. I think they have on their website. Don't call your senator or congressman. NBC I, I, pulled the strings wow, for that. Wow! 
must be must be nice. They 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 must have wanted him, and you know he lives in Marquette. Oh wow, <laughs> he's a youper. Oh wow, huh? Uh, Dave Ellis, uh, good man. The other thing I wanted to bring up about the presidential preference primary, Bob, straighten me out on this, or maybe I did something wrong. I don't think I did. Um, because of my wife's situation and the fact I work here, uh, I felt absentee. It's my choice, and I feel I have a legitimate right, even before the no reason. Yeah. But we got the ballot apps for the presidential preference primary. I tossed them. Very simple. I don't want to be on any call lists or email lists. Uh, I don't want to be hassled by in my, where I live, the Ottawa County Republican Party, saying, or if I was going to register as a Democrat, uh, uh, you know, Mr. Jackson in the Democratic Party. Yep. I don't want to be hassled by yep. him. Yep. Um, we've been getting a lot of these calls. A lot of people are very concerned. They don't want to have to declare a party. And as you're aware, Gary, when you uh, vote in either uh, the August primary, the partisan primary, or November, you don't have to tell anybody anything. It is a completely secret ballot. For the presidential primary, it's different. When you get that application in the mail, uh, you have to tell that local clerk which ballot you want. Do you want a Republican ballot, which will show Donald Trump, Nikki Haley, uh, Ron DeSantis, and others? Or do you want a Democratic ballot, which will show uh, Joe Biden and Marion uh, Williams and, and uh, the others that are on that one? You do have to declare for the presidential. And, and once you declare... That becomes public. All right? And, and, and again... There are certain aspects. While your ballot, how you vote, which oval you fill in, is completely secret, whether or not you've requested a Democratic or Republican ballot is public. Uh, just like um, whether you vote or not is public, uh, whether you voted absentee or in person is public, uh, the year of your birth is public, the address from which you vote is public, uh, and your name is public. So, yes, as soon as you circle that R or that D and the clerk sends that ballot out. Uh, and there are people who do this, who visit local clerks, probably more on the East side than on the West side, uh, but they request lists of who requested which ballot. And you're hundred percent correct. Those local parties. So I have, really, I really didn't do a boo-boo. Nope. You did exactly what you needed to do to avoid phone calls, to, uh, text messages, a lot of mail, mail. coming to. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I don't want it. My mother-in-law gets it all the time. Yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. No, we are hearing from a lot of people who are concerned and upset by this. There's nothing your local clerk or county clerk can do uh, that that is the um, the manners uh, the law is written, and it benefits the state parties. Yeah, and uh, again, being transparent, yeah, I was about ready to fill it out. You know, and yeah. I fill out for my wife, and then she signs it. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I took a look at saying your phone number your email yeah. and immediately red flag came up and I says, that's it. No, yep, sweetie, I'm not going to go vote. And I don't think you should either. And she says, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> well, there's one caveat I want to add for those people who have a local proposal on the ballot, they can request uh, the, the generic nonpartisan uh, ballot for, for that. And so they can cast a ballot in that case with no presidential primary preference and with no candidates on it. Uh, they would just be voting yes or no, whether that's the the library millage or a local bond issue or something like that. If you need to get a hold of Allegan County Clerk and Register of Deeds, Bob Janetsky, 
The phone number for his office is 269-673-0450. It's 269-673-0450. Or go to AlleganCounty.org. And uh, when you look through departments, go to County Clerk. And that's the number. That's the place where you can go. Bob, as always, thank you. And if all goes well, we'll do this again in February. Thanks, Gary. We'll see you next month. Everybody stay warm. Thank you very much, Bob Janetsky on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.